deep in London's beating heart lies a wall. I'd like to it be if you know the call. For if the wall steps aside, be not afraid of what you see. Cause the wizard world is opened up as has the Griffin. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Treatcast. No longer Harry Potter reread podcast for laughs fans. I'm your host, CC. And I'm Liz. And Liz, huge, huge news this week. And mm-hmm. anyone, anyone following the news this week knows what we're talking about. It involves a, a little man, a, a little man, and a, and a big adventure. Uh, the, the, <laughs> the Super Mario RPG HD uh, remake has been announced. The biggest news of the week. Nothing else going on this week, this month, anything. It's it's all about no no one can get enough Mario. Everyone's everyone's talking about Mario. Uh Mario RPG. Nintendo has finally remembered that Mario RPG exists. Yeah, I'm super excited for this. Yeah. This is this is really huge news for people our age. Everyone loves Mario RPG. A game I thought was fake when I first heard about it when I was a little kid. Oh, it seems super fake. Yeah, like back back when I was a kid and I like didn't have like unfettered internet access, right? And I just had to like find out about games either by going to the store or like talking to people and, and hearing about like what they had played or whatever. I would always hear people talking about Mario RPG and I was just like, they did not call a game <laughs> Mario RPG. That's not real. That's not well, a has, real it game. It has a subheader. That's true. It's the Legend of the Seven Stars, right? Yep. But Sounds everyone super just, real. <laughs> but everyone calls it Mario RPG. It doesn't help that also when you see what the cover of the game looks like, uh, and it's just some characters standing there. It, it's just like, like there were there were years that went by where I was like, that's not a real thing. That didn't. That per the kid who told me that game was really good was lying to me. It kind of looks like a like a bootleg Mario game, if you don't know. Mario RPG. It's very strange. It's very, very strange, but fantastic game. I like played it for the first time a few years ago now. Uh and I love it. I, I love that thing. It's just like a very surreal moment of like seeing that trending being like oh my god that like i know that game is real now and that still feels fake to hear that there's a new one a new one out mm-hmm. I, th- I think that um if you ask me what my favorite game of all time is mario rpg is probably in the running maybe is it mm-hmm. favorite game of all time it's very charming it's it's i mean like it's a good it's a good rpg first of all just like pretty good jrpg like like fun game but just genuinely a very funny game Mm -hmm. uh i have no idea how much that like that's the thing i'm curious about with this because i'm assuming they will be doing a new localization because i think that the translation took a lot of liberties probably originally Mm -hmm. um so i'm very curious what a what a new one of those is going to 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 read like because it's like there are so many jokes and and stuff in that that I just feel like are completely iconic uh that I'd be very curious to see like new versions of or if they just stick to the old script or something. Right, yeah. Very curious. Um it looks great. What do you think of the art style? I I I so I think that the 
sprites or and they're not sprites but like the 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 like recreations of the sprites look really really good i think my one i have one complaint i have like one complaint which is that i wish bowser was a little more off model yeah Um, me too because they 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 like everyone's been joking kind of rightfully so about how funny all of the cgi cutscenes look with the little stubby mario there's Mm -hmm. that the gif going around of him like picking up the star that just looks hilarious but i'm so <laughs> glad that they kept that like he he just looks bizarre um but the bowser just looks like the render of bowser that they've been using for years and years and years for like official marketing stuff and i was like ah oh, bowser looks so fucking weird and goofy in the original i wish he still had that like kind of puffy looking face i don't know yeah, no, I'm totally with you. I I played so much Mario RPG as a kid, and I was so enamored with it, and specifically pretty enamored with Bowser in the game, um, that, like, Mario RPG Bowser is the true Bowser to me. Like, if I had to pick one, that's Bowser. Like, just d- design-wise and stuff? and mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Personality-wise, too, I think, like, that, that was... I don't know if that was, like, the actual first time that he was, like a like sort of comedic heel character but i think that is like that's like the the version of him that i i i I just always remember is that and him in paper mario Uh, yeah totally um i i love him as just sort of a grouchy funny guy um yeah i don't know I, i i i i uh i've i've been on I think we've talked about it a little bit, but I've been on a, like, months-long retro kick now. And it's fun seeing uh, whenever something, like, like old and fun gets, like, a little bit of a boost. I'm just, like, I'm, I'm, I'm happy that people get a chance to play it. Because the number one thing I am discovering going through old games and stuff is that it's expensive. That is an expensive hobby, uh, yeah. getting some old games. Um, if you're not emulating stuff. And I am, you know... I have nothing against emulators. I just love hardware. You know, I just like mm-hmm. enjoy having the actual consoles lying around. So whenever there's like a better way to play something normally, I'm like, that's great. I'm happy that people get to try that and not pay $900 for a import or whatever. Definitely. Um, that's kind of where I'm because I, I think that it's easy to be grouchy and be like, oh, but the like I it's it never is going to like capture the spirit of the original sprites that are so mm-hmm. good and i think like i i sort of agree with that but at the same time i'm like this is going to make people play the game which is all i really care about yeah i i think my other thing to like if i if i could like wave a magic wand and change something other than like make bowser look funnier um i the ui being sort of like minimalist typical you like modern game ui is a little uh, kind of a bummer but like that's so mine if 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 that's like like that is a bummer but like also if that's like the biggest bummer i can think of it's like whatever like i'm happy that the thing itself is like available i guess Mm -hmm. yeah i will always take seeing a new boshi you know Oh, yeah. The, all of the character models that we're going to see in HD, I'm very excited. We, we're going to get Boshi. We're going to get, uh, uh, I forget his name, but the Toad that has the sunglasses and, uh, and like, the flame shirt. Uh, oh, right. Uh, 
everyone, we, although I guess some people are going to not have the experience of thinking that uh, Belome has two eyes and not four. Or what was the... We, we both had he, separate... I, I always thought that he was um, on four legs. Because yeah. I, I don't know why. Something about just the perspective of the, of the original sprite made him look like a dog to me. Like a four-legged <laughs> dog. Yeah. Um, with like weird antenna and then the four eyes. Um, but he's not. He's a little he's a little sphere. Yeah. Yeah. He's a he's an orb with four eyes and two. He's a very strange creature. <laughs> a good a good game for strange creatures. Um how how is the retro stuff treating you? How's how's your uh Quest 64 stuff been going and your your like old stuff setup that you've been working on? Um, my Quest 64 um, has been great. I've been enjoying playing it with the caveat that if I were playing it uh, for just myself quietly in a room, I would have stopped by now. <laughs> if that makes <laughs> sense, right? Like the game if you didn't is, have a, yeah. Yeah, if I wasn't um, sort of entertaining myself by talking to others, I probably would have played <laughs> it for a couple hours and been like, oh, that was a fun game to remember. And then I yeah. would have stopped playing it. Um extremely five out of 10. Um, I, <laughs> I am emulating it, which um mm-hmm. very interesting. I talked about this in one of the videos I made, but the emulator puts a pink outline on all of the text. Huh. That's interesting. It's very weird. I don't know yeah. enough about emulation or why that would be, but it, um, it was driving me crazy because I was playing the game and I was like, I cannot read this text. There's this horrible magenta outline on all of it. Uh, but it's just the emulator. That is part of the reason, like, like something very similar to that drove me to ditch. Cause like I, I, I got hooked on, on playing a bunch of old PS2 games and like PS2 emulation is like relatively, really easy. Right. Like, like it's a pretty much a solved problem, but there were a handful of games that just had weird problems like that. Mm-hmm. that were so frustrating. I was like, I actually think that I am going to put the effort and money into getting a cheap CRT and a PS2 and just doing it that way. So I, cause it was like, I was playing the ACE combat games and there was just a, a bug that like, they work great, except like the clouds don't work. No matter what you do in the emulator, it's like, well, it's a game where you're flying a plane around. So I think I would like clouds to appear. Uh, So just stuff like that. I was just like, ah, throwing my hands up. I'll I'll just do it the real way. Yeah. Yeah. There's there's no real replacement for the the hardware. Right. I I, Mm -hmm. um, dragged my old CRT that I have been dragging around with me for many, many moves. It was my um, family's CRT from 1996 that I've just kept with me this whole time. Um, and I recently brought it in from the garage and hooked it all up. And um, huge bummer, either it's dead or my Super Nintendo is dead or my Super Nintendo and my N64 is dead, but they're all yeah. kind of like my original like consoles and TV. So it's just kind of, kind of sad that something is clearly wrong. Um, But uh, I did order a new super Nintendo to uh, troubleshoot that, but it's, but it's my original super Nintendo that I think died, which is so sad. Uh, Those it's really sad if that's gone. Cause those things, the, the old Nintendo hardware, I swear to God, just like could withstand a, like, 
just like a bomb being dropped on it. it like <laughs> Nintendo stuff, I, I've just like you know, I have a my GameCube that I'm I'm, I'm looking at like across the room. Uh, I, I have a, a GameCube set up that had in in the last move that I did like it got scrunched up against something and like the side of it busted like the the vents where the fans mm-hmm. are and stuff and like it's working fine the fans themselves still work it's just like the case just cracked uh, and and I like I I I feel like if you uh look at the PS5 sideways it will like stop working <laughs> yeah so- <laughs> I've been playing the new Final Fantasy and like the the fucking PS5 like will overheat and tell you like the PS5 is overheated. I have to turn off for for a while. Oh I'm no. Like, okay, thanks. Really? Yeah. <laughs> what the hell? Yeah, and I was reading and luckily I don't think I had this problem cuz cuz my my I keep my PS5 sideways. But apparently it's like if you keep it vertical, there's a chance that the like liquid metal cooling system will like harden sideways or whatever and that's what causes over like apparently that's not what happened to mine thank god but that is something that can happen i'm just like damn i just kind of want to like turn it on and play a game i i don't uh. yeah yeah i mean if my super nintendo is dead it had a pretty good run uh since like 1993 or whatever yeah um i will i don't know maybe i can like have new hardware put in the case Mm, yeah, that yeah, I think that's like relatively easy to do because if I remember right, this like the Super Nintendo since it doesn't have a disc drive or anything, it's like just a, it's basically just like a PCB that you can right. like swap out. Uh, yeah, so I might do that because it's just like cool. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna bring bring them like busted old case to someone, <laughs> be like please please put a new Super Nintendo in the <laughs> ugliest case you've ever seen. It's so dirty and busted. The other thing about it is that my family got it secondhand from someone who put mm. a bunch of Nintendo Power stickers on it. Oh, so hell it has yes. all it has all these stickers. I'll have to post a picture of it. It's very yeah. funny. What it does does the um does the top half of the Super Nintendo, like the top shell, is it yellow? Is it one of the ones where the plastic yellowed over time? Oh yeah, yep. Yeah, I I love those ones where because uh, I I guess that had something. Everyone always says like, oh, that's like because someone smoked in the house. Apparently, that's like not true. It's just like the whatever kind of plastic they used for that stuff. Some oxidized and some wouldn't, which is why mm-hmm. you get the really crazy looking ones where like. Only half of it is yellow or something. I love the way those look. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I have a PS3 that I've kept in the garage because not there are a bunch of PS3 games that like don't have good ports or, or any ports at all where I had to pull the entire top case off of it to fix a disk drive problem and it broke and so the I couldn't put the top back on. And so I just have like basically the guts of a console that still work. You can put a game <laughs> in it and play it, but it's just the guts of a console with a bunch of uh, I think I think I put a bunch of stickers from a from like a Wu-Tang Clan vinyl that I had all over <laughs> it. So I've just got like this thing that just looks like a like a like weird computer with with stickers all over it that I'll like plug in occasionally to play folklore. 
It's really funny. <laughs> That's excellent. Was your SNES, did you have the um, the square one or like the roundy one? I have a square one. Square one, yeah. I There's that later one that's like smaller and, and round that I always kind of like the look of. Um, yeah, I, th- I think that that is the kind that I ordered oh, cool. uh, for okay. my new one, so... Nice. Yeah, yeah, those are those are slick, and they save space. The Super Nintendo was kind of big. Uh, yeah. But yeah, no retro retro games. I what what what's your whole spread for retro console stuff? Mm, I have uh, Super. I think I have an NES somewhere. Uh, mm. But my big ones are the Super Nintendo, N sixty four, GameCube, uh, the. The Wii, I guess, is retro now. Um, the Wii oh, U, God. which I guess is retro now. Oh um, God! <laughs> and you gotta, you gotta keep the Wii U around because it honestly has some pretty good exclusives. It does. There's some shit on the Wii U that's like, <laughs> they still haven't put Twilight Princess HD anywhere else. So. I know. I have, I have to keep the Wii U for the, for the Twilight Princess. Um, yeah. I do have a PlayStation One. Um, I have a PlayStation Two that is dubious. I'm not sure if it actually works Yeah, anymore. those are temperamental. Yeah, I think it has some sort of disc reading error of some kind. Um, and those are the ones that I think of off the top of my head. I guess I was a real uh, Nintendo person. Yeah. I mean, the, the Nintendo stuff, I think, is, is uh, the most worthwhile, like, overall. Although, like... It's also so insanely expensive. It's, it's it, you know, it's the hardest stuff to emulate for a lot of for a lot of games, and uh, it is it's the hardware that's like held up the longest. So it's like it's it's worth keeping around. But like, my God, buying go, going to a retro store and like look, looking at their PS2 games that are all like ten to twenty bucks, and then you go to like GameCube and it's like, oh. Do you want a copy of Twilight Princess? That's $200, please. I'm just like, woof. Okay. Like, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's, that's really where I'm lucky that I just kept all that stuff. I just held on to all of the games that I ever had. So I have my original copy of Twilight Princess for the GameCube and for the Wii for some reason. And like all my original N64 and Super Nintendo games. Uh, So that's pretty, pretty nice. Pretty lucky. The 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 little the little retro game tip that I will I will share I will share with with the with the listeners here. Uh, if you are if you are platform agnostic and you just want like the best bang for your buck for stuff from like the PS2, Xbox, GameCube era, um, invest in an original Xbox that has the capacitors fixed, or do it yourself if you're handy, um, because every single xbox game that's like a multi-platform thing that's like really expensive on the ps2 is like peanuts on the xbox silent hill 2 on the xbox is like 30 dollars, and it's like 200 on ps2 that's that's my that's my pro tip is original xbox one thing most of those multi-platform versions are better on the xbox you know it was slightly more powerful but but two it's just like way more efficient to get stuff there than on the ps2 because the ps2 has the like it was the popular one so the prices are a little i think skewed that direction because everyone's looking for stuff there 
Yeah, and everything breaks on the PS2. Yeah. Well, to be fair, the the Xbox, the original Xbox had like a time limit built into it. It's crazy. You have- oh, so the Xbox that I have in a box somewhere might not work anymore. <laughs> Maybe. I guess it depends. We should you should crack that open and see if the capacitors are exploded or not. All right. All right. I will. Because if they're if they're still good, or if you can put new ones in, uh, I think that's a good system. Just built to fail, unfortunately. That's too bad. Uh, well, I could I could keep going on about retro games all day, but we have a large assignment to get to this week. Five chapters. Five whole chapters of the Hunger Games. What do you say we get to it? Yeah, let's do it. Um. I guess I'm going to be a little long-winded here. Um, So we'll start with chapter 14. Uh, Last time on The Hunger Games, uh, Katniss has found herself chased up a tree by the careers and is run into Rue, who points at something above her head. Um, And that's where chapter 14 starts. And it turns out the thing above her head is a tracker jacker nest. A tracker jacker is a capital muttation like the Jabber Jays that we remember from earlier. And they are aggressive golden wasps that have like toxic hallucinogenic venom um, that will kill you with just a few stings. Katniss waits overnight um, with her new plan, which is to drop the wasp nest onto the careers. Um, and, and, and while she's waiting um, overnight to, and is kind of like working on the nest and like sawing at the branch, she gets some, um, a gift from one of her sponsors, which is uh, medicine to use on her horrible burns that she has by the morning Katniss is ready and she drops the wasp nest on the careers they have to run except for the girl with the bow and arrow and another girl uh, gets stung enough down there that they die Katniss has been stung a couple of times and is pretty woozy but remembers to take the bow and arrows away from the dead girl and there's a very gory scene about it that Katniss can't quite tell if it's like the hallucinogenic property of the wasp venom that's making her see how like gory and horrible it is uh, or if it's real. She's starting to have a rough time with the venom and is having difficulty getting away from that like spot where the careers were and back into hiding Um, but it's too late. Someone has come upon her. But don't worry, it's PETA, who instead of killing her, urges her to get away. The most evil career appears then, Cato, um, and and PETA pushes Katniss away and is like, get away, run right now. Um, So PETA has saved her. Um, Katniss gets um, into like a reasonable amount of hiding before she succumbs to the tracker jacker venom and passes out. Um, Chapter 15. Katniss awakens and tries to take stock of who has died, um, but she can't believe that PETA has saved her life. Why would he do such a thing? Could it be because he was actually trying to protect her? Um, Katniss spends some more time doing some hatchet stuff, like hunting, etc. When she hears a sound, it's Rue again. Uh, Katniss proposes a team up with Rue, and they spend some time taking inventory and sharing their resources. Rue has a medicine to help Katniss with her tracker jacker stings. Um, We learn a little bit about Rue, that she is from the agricultural agriculture district and is good at climbing trees because of her time in the orchards. She sings a little song to the Mockingjays that carry the song to let the workers know that it's time to be done for the day. She likes music. Um, Katniss formulates a plan. Because Rue and her are good at hunting and foraging, it's time to go on the offensive and destroy the career's food. That way they can even the odds. Chapter 16. 
While Katniss and Rue were resting for the night, they are surprised by the sound of a cannon. Another tribute has died. Katniss asks Rue who is left, and Rue recites it to her, but uh, in the same way that it's forgettable to Katniss, so is it forgettable to me. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Katniss uh, forms a plan to take out the food using uh, Rue's information about the career's camp, and and they go for it um, after spending a little bit more time doing hatchet stuff. Uh, Katniss sneaks up on the career camp uh, while Rue lures them away using a fire um, in the distance. Uh, Katniss sees their food and supply store, which is stacked in an odd pyramid surrounded by netting. Katniss can't quite figure it out, but assumes it must be booby-trapped. While Katniss is still in hiding, Foxface shows up. She does a little routine where she approaches the supplies very carefully, doing a little dance and stepping in a specific way. Katniss is frustrated that she knows the like Foxface clearly knows the booby traps and Katniss can't quite figure out what's going on until she does figure out what's going on, which is that the forgettable boy that the careers have kept around is from a district that like manufactures like stuff, including explosives, like they have factories. Um, and she thinks that he has reactivated the landmines from the beginning of the Hunger Games and is using them to guard the supplies. Um, Katniss figures out how to shoot some apples down onto the mines, detonating them. Chapter 17. Oops, the explosion was really, really loud and horrible. Um, Katniss has one bleeding, non-functional ear now and is very dizzy. She drags herself away into some brush, only barely in time before the careers come back. Cato, who is, uh, as we remember, the most evil career of them all, is furious. He kills the landmine kid in frustration. Katniss takes some time to rest. At one point, she needs, she wakes up to see Foxface show up and be really pleased that the career supplies were blown up. Uh, Katniss thinks about maybe teaming up with Foxface, but uh, decides not to because she thinks she might be a little sly. Um, Katniss sets out to find Rue at this point. Uh, she discovers that their third signal fire was never lit, um, and she waits for Rue for a little while bef before moving on to find her in earnest. Uh, suddenly, she hears a child scream. It could only be Rue. Katniss finds her in a net, but too late. The boy from District 1 has already stabbed her through the stomach with a spear. Chapter 18. Katniss kills the boy from District 1 immediately uh, with an arrow. Um, she comforts Rue while she's dying, singing a song for her. Um, it occurs to Katniss in this moment that Gail's rants against the, against the Capitol can't be ignored, and suddenly Peta's insistence to not be a piece in the Capitol's game makes sense to her. Katniss makes a flower grave for Rue and then does the Hungry Games salute. Katniss is pretty upset. She receives a sponsor gift. It's a loaf of bread, and she remembers Peta telling her about all the breads from other districts and realizes it is a bread from Rue's district, which is a very unusual gesture for a district to send a tribute from another district, um, a sponsorship gift. Um, Katniss takes stock of her situation overnight. There's only six people left, and it's dawning on her that she could really win, and she must win for Rue. Um... Katniss gets briefly upset about having made her first real kill on the boy from District 1, um, but is interrupted from her thoughts by trumpets sounding um, right as she's about to get some rest. Um, it means that the game makers have an announcement. And the announcement is that for the first time in Hunger Games history, two kids from the same district can win together if they are the last ones alive. And that is the end of our chapters. Bravo. Thank you for summarizing a lot of content in one go there. Yeah, no problem. Where do you want to start? <laughs> I just want to talk about the tracker jackers. Yeah, okay, yes. <laughs> 
Yeah, let's start there. Let's start with the with the golden wasps that make you explode. The the, the introduction, like this, the beginning of the first chapter we read is so funny <laughs> when she's like, oh, it's it's the tracker jackers, the mutations like the jabber jays. Uh, the sentence, the sentence, like... Uh, uh, were mutations just like the Jabber Jays, like, knocked me on my ass completely. Like, I, we have now gone through several of these, like, sudden sci-fi asides, but it never, I never get used to it. Yeah, like, I guess we get the, keep getting the hovercrafts, right? Yeah. Um, but uh, the, the mutated or the mutated animals are such a mystery to me still that I hope we get an answer to in this book. <laughs> I, 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 the mutations thing. So we, we've, we've talked about the Hunger Games and, and like, like sort of the weird, I guess expectations I had for like the tone going in that are sort of being matched, but are, are sort of baffling to me. Just just considering how how seriously I think it is talked about, such hushed tones it's talked about in. Um, and I I the tracker jacker scene where it explains what they are and like clearly has a like there's a there's a parallel in this in this page long. Uh, description of like what they do and what they were used for in the war that is very clearly drawing on unexploded ordnance like stories just like mm-hmm. yeah there's like still unexploded ordnance out here there's there's still uh tracker jacker nests uh out in some <laughs> of the districts that will attack people and i I, I i go back and forth on this because i i do like heightened sci-fi and fantasy uh, that is like making a point a lot of the time, and it's it, I, I can never exactly nail down what a good version of this and what a silly version of this is, and and it can have a, a kind of a unfortunate side effect of maybe not treating the subject with the respect that it probably deserves needs. I don't know. This one hits me silly. Would, would you agree? This one hits silly big time. It also, <laughs> I gotta say, it, I don't know how to say it exactly, but it's funny to make uh, mutated wasps that are like unexploded landmines in the same story where landmines real yes. are part of it. Yes, I yes, I think that that might be that that definitely contributes because it's I I can handle uh, a story telling me that the giant bees from Donkey Kong Country are actually a form of like horrible warfare in this world. I can accept that on its own. Um, them existing at the same time as real landmines mud, muddies the whole thing. I think. Real landmines that are like an integral part of the story that we're reading at this point. Yeah, yeah, and and it like I, I'm just trying to think of like examples of this. I I I I think a good one that's just a really handy yardstick for this kind of thing is Star Wars. Uh, like Star Wars 
is is a like this is a thinly veiled metaphor story, right? Stormtroopers are Nazis. Like pretty pretty easy to get a get a grasp on that. Like just a, as a visual storytelling thing, right? Mm-hmm. Always been the case with Star Wars. I was playing the new one, the Jedi Survivor, um, and there's a part at the beginning where you're walking through Coruscant and you hear a shelter in place order over the radio in those exact <laughs> words. Uh, and I was just like, mm, no, that's not, you, you haven't Star Wars this enough. I, I don't think. Right. Uh, it just, just as, I, I don't know. Like, it's just, it's just such a thin line to walk with this kind of stuff. Cause of course it's, of course all stories to some degree are going to be like drawing from real life parallels and you, you're going to like make, fantastical versions of real issues or real uh, ideas but but just it's it's a nebulous line but there is a line and sometimes this book just i think gets a little too silly with it yeah um you said something i i want to say like a week ago when we weren't sure we were going to do all these chapters at once where it's like this book feels like gritty fan fiction of itself. Yes. Yeah. And, and that's how I feel about the tracker jackers, right? Is it feels like they are from a silly story that someone like put into a serious gritty story. Right. So someone, I mean like, like again with the star Wars example, like the good version of this would be like, and or taking a cartoony thing and making it serious. Right. Mm-hmm. Or, uh, but what this kind of feels like is something that's sort of in that awkward spot you'll see of like, and and no shame to anyone who enjoyed this or or or, or did this. I think this is a key part of uh, of creative development. But like when you were getting too old to just be playing uh, like Mario and Pokemon but too young to be getting like R-rated movies and stuff. And so you would you would get like the 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 dark Pokemon fic, you know, or the the Mario War stuff, right? <laughs> Newgrounds cartoons. Extremely me. <laughs> <laughs> no None of us are free of sin, to be clear. I, the, like Dark Zelda fanfic here. Absolutely. But like that 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 is what this feels like to me. Is it, it just has a little bit of like Newgrounds cartoon of Mario with shotgun vibe to it, I yeah. guess. Where it's like this, the 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 golden bees that fly around and sting you, uh, and it hurts real bad. Ooh, owie! Just feels like it's from something way different than what the Hunger Games is, right? Yeah, I mean, it's it's so funny too because the 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 scene is like quite gruesome and graphic and like intense um but i can't like like for for all of the gore and and uh, uh like bone snapping happening in this scene i can't get past the line uh the, the uh similar to the jabber jays were a were a mutation of the capital just really <laughs> really tough to get around i don't know yeah, yeah, I did love how gruesome this was. Oh, it was fucking awesome! This whole plan of of dropping the bugs on on the on the careers and letting them go crazy, awesome, awesome scene. Um, the uh, the description of like the stinger stuff and the the way that the, the the like bites will like swell up and like start leaking was really nasty. The bit, the, so. 
I, I, I'm a little back and forth on the hallucination thing. It, how much of that did, did Katniss hallucinate? Do you think? No clue. No clue. Yeah. It's, 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 I almost wish that that had been left up to interpretation because it's so nasty that the, the, the book sort of attempting to be like, oh, maybe it wasn't as gruesome as I remembered it was such a bummer to me. I was like, no, that was so fucking cool and scary. Uh, don't, 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 don't give me any hope that that was fake, right? Like, yeah. Um, cause she's talking about like having to like snap her fingers to like get the bow out of, uh, Glimmer's hand and stuff. Ooh, ooh, really nasty shit. It's very cool. Yeah, there's like slime on the arrows and yeah, it's, yeah, that's good shit. I don't know yeah, how they're going to do that in the movie. That is, yeah, the more, the more I've, I, I'm reading this. For as like, like, like I, I do keep saying that this is way sillier and more action movie than I was led to believe, but it's still like an R-rated action movie, you know. <laughs> um, and I'm, I'm getting, I'm, I'm trying not to be preemptively disappointed that the movie isn't going to be this like insane splatter fest because I would have loved that. I think. Yeah. Yeah. Me too. Um, just, just seeing, like, like, no one, I don't think anyone's going to be, like, exploding quite the way that Katniss describes here, unfortunately, which is a shame, uh, because the pulpy, the pulpy violent stuff is, is, uh, a lot of fun, and, uh, I like, we have the medicine scene here, um, I really like how, uh, vulnerable Katniss is in this story, or like, and like she's she's getting battle damage like a lot in this book, which is cool. I like when a protagonist isn't like Teflon, you know. Hmm. Yeah, she does kind of have magic medicine, though. That is true. The magic medicine, and <laughs> what a what a bizarre image uh, the sponsor gift thing is. The little the little parachute. It's it's again. I I cannot believe I I knew ambiently that Hunger Games was influential, like important loot being dropped via parachute <laughs> onto the map. I had no idea was straight out of Hunger Games. It's really funny. It's crazy. Like that. that it, it, like PUBG wore every single one of these. Has has the like the little the little like treasure chest come down in a in a in a parachute for you to pick up and fight over like crazy to me. I had no idea that that all came from Hunger Games and in Hunger Games it is such a funny image to like her like eighty feet up in the air in this tree sawing a, a bee's nest full of golden wasps and then a little a little a little treat appears out of thin air. <laughs> it's surreal. <laughs> Yeah, the medicine is, is kind of yeah. magic. It is magic. I feel like um, she got her battle damage erased twice in a row. Like first with the burn medicine that just like really just like magically cured these horrible like third degree burns, and then mm, then yeah. with the tracker jacker stuff because Rue had that medicine for her, and then That's it was just true. sort of magic um, got rid of that issue. That's true. Yeah, I guess I was thinking. I was thinking ahead to the the eardrum rupture, but I guess we've got a lot of book left, and I, maybe there's another magic medicine for that too. Right. I guess she's not. She is kind of Teflon now that I'm thinking about it. You're right. She. 
uh, it's kind of all wa- working out for Katniss. Yeah, she can win. She can win. She can she can win this thing. <laughs> yeah, the, the 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 tracker jackers themselves being silly aside, I did really like this was so cathartic to have her first initiative taking action sequence, I think. Um I was so psyched for her to get her first kills. She does not consider them kills, by the way. Very, no, very weird crazy. detail. She definitely <laughs> killed those people. She killed those people. That is so funny that later on, after after she kills the guy by shooting him, she's like, wow, that was my first kill. And then there's even an assignment where she's like, I guess, I guess you could technically say that I was responsible for Glimmer and the other. And I'm like, what do you mean technically? You absolutely <laughs> were. You can't throw a wasp nest at someone and have them die and be like, no, I didn't do that. I didn't kill them. That's, yeah, that is, that is very, uh, very, she's being very generous to herself. Or actually, no, other way around, she should be proudly saying she, she is three, three oh and one. Uh, Yep, that's right. (laughs) Uh, the... Yeah, she, she. If you if you are dropping, if if you like like attack someone by like sending your like crazy dog at them or something, you know, if you've got if you've got like a trained wolf that you're like sicking on on guys, that counts. That's a kill. You got a kill there. If you're you're if the if you drop a wasp on someone that kills them on purpose, kill. You're a, you're a pet class. Yeah, yes, exactly. She's a hunter. She's got the bow. She's got the... (laughs) It's still your DPS. (laughs) um, There's a lot to talk about uh, with... uh, Unfortunately, I say, I I, I started that transition being excited uh, with PETA here uh, at the end of this scene. What's going on with him... And uh, uh, why do we care? Uh, yeah, I was going to say, who cares? <laughs> who cares, Katniss? Who Katniss, cares? Why do you care? We we are in a battle royale. We are fighting for our lives. Yeah, uh, he's he's wheel spinning. I think that the reveal that he had teamed up with the careers was a really fun twist. Um, but him. Now switching sides again and helping Katniss, I'm just sort of exhausted, and I wish that I I really don't know where he goes from here as a character. Uh, I really liked him as like a nice, like kind of dumb, kind of sweet, idealistic boy who spent 10 minutes in a room with Haymitch and became an evil misogynist who was ready to do whatever <laughs> it took to win. I loved that. Just it, just impressionable guy got got Hunger Games pilled immediately. Uh, I, I think that that would, be, would have been a really fun arc for him. As it stands, I have no idea why I should care about this guy. Yeah, pretty much. Um, I don't feel like Katniss spent enough time with him to be so sentimental about the situation for how dire the Hunger Games are, if that if that makes sense. Yeah. Yes, there's a lot of 
not even just with the PETA stuff. I, there is a lot of strange underplaying of how dire the situation is, even after, like, people are exploding into, like, gore showers. I feel like there's... Katniss has a a weird amount of, like... Uh, she thinks that she has a lot more headroom to, like, maneuver in this situation than I think she does. And it's all sort of buoyed by the fact that she's getting a lot of very convenient help in the form of, like, presents or PETA running out of the woods and switching sides or whatever, right? Mm -hmm. Like, I, I don't know what what about PETA is compelling enough to not have made her want to fight him as soon. Like he killed someone for the careers. Like, yeah, yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah. Like she listened to that unless, unless he did something lame, you know, and like faked it or whatever, or didn't have like, you know, saw that she was already bleeding out in the hell. I'm sure there's going to be some cop out here where he doesn't have, he hasn't like been, you know, hunger games, but like I, it's it doesn't even feel like denial though. It's not like oh, this is someone that she loves and she's like can't she can't bear to watch him, you know, like see him this way or anything. It just feels like she's forgotten that they're in the Hunger Games whenever she thinks about Peta. Yeah, I think that um maybe a more fun way to do this that keeps Peta as like I think where this is going is that he's just going to be a good guy that was trying to protect Katniss. I think if Katniss was, like, more suspicious of him the whole time, if, like, he saved her and he and she was like, oh, I guess I guess he was just he's still trying to win even more. He probably is trying to leave me for last. Like, if she was just really, like, stubbornly not like thinking that he was a bad guy, I think that would be interesting than her kind of having this realization where I mean, it's not really a realization, but when he she kind of leads the reader to be like, oh, was he really just trying to protect me? Just like snooze. I don't. It's so boring. Yeah, it's odd because the. You're right. I think if there was a if 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 the like paranoia was coming more from Katniss's end all the way through, this would sort of make sense. But like we we. We watched PETA have, like, you know, a very clear-headed, like, political moment on top of, on the roof of the, of the, um, the apartments and say, you know, give his big inspiring speech about how he didn't want to be a piece in the game. Then the next day started calling Katniss sweetheart and started using her in this, like, PR game and then teamed up with the careers. Like I would say that his arc is pretty much like over, right? Like he said something very inspiring and then immediately biffed it. Like he he was all talk and then the material reality made him go evil mode immediately, which is pretty interesting and very, very tragic. But like, I, I see no reason why he is not just enemy now, right? Like, it, there's there's not much there to hold on to. I, the, the 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 is here isn't he question? I think sort of flew out the door 
uh, when he when he like killed someone for the careers. I don't know. I mean, do you think this is all leading to him having done all of this, like, for Katniss's sake? Like, is he trying to make her win and that's going to be how it, like, how he's redeemed? That would feel, like, paternalistic of him enough that I would hope that Katniss would be like, I didn't want you to do that or something. Mm -hmm. Because he, he has been, he has been the most awful to her whenever the concept of winning has come up. Like that argument they had about like who is the most persecuted, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and and he was going on about how like oh everyone tries to you know everyone everyone's doing their best to help you, and Katniss like kind of is is like taken aback by that, but like like clearly states like no I'm not, and also please don't. Kind of, I, I is kind of the read I got there. She hates she she hates feeling in debt to people, right? Like that's a yeah. pretty strong character trait of hers. And so, yeah, I I could totally see it happening. I could see this being his like grand selfless plan. But if it does go that way, I really hope that she's not like, wow, thank you so much, Peta. Here's my phone number, right? Like, I just worry that that's where we're going because it's like. I I don't see I I don't think that Peta is going to end up being evil or whatever. Um, so I, I mean, but if that was his plan, like if he's been doing all of this to protect Katniss, that's also just a crazy thing to do. That's a crazy thing to do in a in a battle royale. <laughs> Maybe he was banking on the rule change all along. He knew. Yeah, that would be that would be something maybe if he like knew if he got a leak, you know, if he he got leaked patch notes before the game started from Hamish. Maybe can that's we, Can we talk about the rule change cuz I yeah. feel like we're we're talking about yeah. PETA and I feel like yeah. the rule change has to do with PETA and uh uh boo hiss bullshit. I hate this rule change cliffhanger. Stupid. Stupid. Uh, maybe there's a way it can turn around and actually be interesting, but, like, just thinking about it as the end of a, like, act. It's This is the, this is the twist at the end of the second act. The twist at the end of an act should make things more complicated, not less. Like, what? Right. It's back ways. It's back ways. I don't get it. <laughs> I, it- I don't understand. It feels like I hit that line and it was such an incredible letdown. It's like this like release of tension, but in a bad way. Yeah. Yeah. It's the, 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 the tension in an, in like an action story like this should not be ratcheting down act by act. It's really weird. And it, it, it's sort of insult to injury after, uh, and we'll talk about this in more detail later, but I think it, it, it's worth mentioning just in conversation with the rule change twist in that Katniss uh, didn't have to kill Rue, which mm-hmm. was like, which like would have been a really big moment to like wrestle with and, 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 you know, a big, a big decision that she was like keeping in the back of her mind is sort of like underpinning their relationship. It's very tragic. Uh, 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 pairing, but so like she was, you know, she no longer has to worry about that because someone else did it, 
And now she also doesn't have to worry about killing the other person that she cares about in the games. Like, really boring. Okay. So there's just no stakes. Right. No personal like, stakes it's left. It's like, great. I know she's going to win. Like, that's how this book is going to go. So now there's no tension and now I'm bored. Yeah, I'm really baffled by that. And and I my hope is that there is some wrinkle to this that will be explained or or become apparent later on that makes it uh more interesting, but yeah, it's I don't understand it from a uh storytelling perspective and I also don't understand why the capital would do it either. Like, I'd be so pissed if I was a Hunger Games viewer and this happened. Right. I'd be so mad. <laughs> yeah, you can't you can't patch the game mid-match. That's crazy. And and also like they're there for they are the they are the the gladiator arena. Like what are you talking about? Oh, they can <laughs> <laughs> they can team up now that they, they, you know, a duo can win. Now they're there to see the tigers tear people apart. They're not there to see like people cooperate. What do you, they want to see the tragedy. They're there for the drama. I don't get it. I, I truly don't get it. Yeah. I mean, that's the whole re like if you're a hunger games viewer, you're there for the storyline, right? Yeah. And yeah. this ruins the storyline. Yeah. Yeah, I I don't I don't know what the intent of that reveal being for like the big like the whammy section ender line. I I I don't understand it. Uh there was a version of it. Should I should I talk now about my rewrite or should I save that for for later? No, please like, do. Okay. The the thing that 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 that, that really, really undercuts this whole thing for me, obviously, is that it means that PETA, who is good, as we know now, and Katniss can team up and, and win together, and, and there there will be no, no dramatic confrontation. Um, however, I mentioned before that the that Katniss is sort of narratively let off the hook for having to make a very tragic choice because a completely nameless character kills Rue. <laughs> Which is, you know, it's a very sad scene. We'll talk about it kind of in conjunction with Rue, but just like like mechanically, a completely random guy whose name Katniss doesn't even know kills Rue, and then Katniss kills him. Doesn't even think twice about it. No remorse. Just righteous fury like sees him standing over Rue's body the arrow is already in his throat by the time he sees her just 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 quick brutal efficient like uh uh not even a contest just just kills him immediately which is like you know kind of cool but a little empty because this isn't anyone we know or care about and my idea was Peta should have been the one to kill Rue and he's bad and evil now because he's been teamed up with the careers and he wants to win. And he's gone back on his like flimsy principles that he imparted to, to Katniss on the on the roof of the of the building. And then him and Katniss 
could have gotten in, you know, in, in, into a dramatic death battle, you know, like knife fight, whatever. Uh, and then the announcement that two people from the same district can win together plays while they're fighting each other to like to fucking torment Katniss, who is like the protagonist, right? Like, yes, yes, please. That's yeah. So awesome. And it and it becomes way more, you know, like you know, they're mid, you know, she's like beating him with a rock or something, and then and then and then like the the rules change, and it's like, ah, uh-uh, no, you can't do that. You're on you're on a team now, and it just just be to fuck with her to twist the knife because that's what this whole book is about, right? Is yeah, is it's the, also the, what the capital does. Yeah, right. The 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 capital has no shame. The entire they are they are making children fight each other to the death for their entertainment. Their whole the raison d'etre, the entire reason we are here, is to watch these people suffer, uh, for the entertainment of the people of the capital. So like, why, why would it go? Why is it like a? I don't know. I just I I want the drama. Give me the drama. Right. Right. I love I love that rewrite. I I, I just I it, it seems so obvious to me that, that this should be the heel turn moment for PETA. It should uh it would it would at least you know, it would solve the short term problem Katniss had of oh my god, I have to will eventually have to maybe fight this person who's helping me. Uh, thing, but in like an ironic way of like, oh, but it's fucking Peta who did it. Fuck, right? I'm right. just, yeah. Ah, I don't know. I don't know. This this just feels obvious to me. Yeah. Said the villain is Cato. Who the fuck is Cato? Yeah, he's also just like uh, the way he's been set up is just like a villain that we don't even have to like worry about being like morally prickly, right? Because it's like mm-hmm. if it was Peta. Then, like, yeah, we hate him for killing Rue, right? At the same time, like, what are what are we doing here? We're in a battle royale. Katniss is also trying to kill everybody there. Yeah, um, yeah. Th- there's some there's some interesting, uh, fun stuff you can do with a story like that, right? But Cato is just like he's the bad one in the battle royale. <laughs> like he's, Cato. <laughs> He's trying to win. I don't know. Kato, like, while Katniss is on her little excursion to blow up the food, he does the, like, when he sees that she succeeded at that, he, he, like, does the diehard villain thing of, like, killing the tech nerd. (laughs) To, like, show the audience how bad he is. (laughs) It's so stock, which is fine, but it's just, like... Kato is just bad guy. He's the heavy. He's not a. Why he's is not there? Like a, why is there a bad guy in the Hunger Games? Though I thought the whole point is that they're making children fight each other to the death. <laughs> right. The fact that this is a story about the like the you know the grim tragedy forcing people to fight for their entertainment for for no reason other than than spite and avarice. You know, and like, why do the why do the fighters have to also be that? Like, I thought the point was that it was sort of tragic. You know, these are all none of these people would be like horrible outside of the situation. It's just that they're in 
a fucking nightmare situation because of society, which is what I thought the whole book was about. Just, <laughs> no, he's just evil. He's just evil. He's he's a bad guy. Yeah, it's 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 very muddled. I think the Cato. I mean, like it'll be fun to. I don't know how he's gonna die, but like I'm sure it'll be a fun action sequence or or something. But just I wish that. I had I wish I had some skin in the game, you know, like I wish I wish that I was like, you know, rooting for Katniss, but also like, ooh, it's too bad that this character that I like has to die. Right. Like, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, it's like I'm rooting for Katniss less less now that it's duos. Like, I don't want her to get a duo win. I want her to get her <laughs> victory royale. <laughs> She's three and oh. She deserves the win. She's on a streak. Yeah, Peta's like bleeding to death in a ditch somewhere too, as far as we know. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, like the no, the careers also don't know where Peta is. Um, we know he hasn't shown up in the in the, like the death report, but you know he's not on the kill cam. But as far as we know, he is he is he's hurt bad, according to the careers. So. I, I wish I, I like I need the drama. I want the drama juice, and I want the villains to not just be villains <laughs> like I, I i these like the the book goes to great lengths to characterize rue which is like an okay job um but like rue is really the only other like the other one the 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 one that we have gotten the most about other than rue is foxface who I guess is sly like a fox. <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's the extent of what we've gotten out of her. Um, oh, and also Glimmer uh, just was mean. I guess just not not much going on with these guys. It's a was, shame. Was Glimmer the knife thrower? Uh, See, I just don't even like. I it's not it's not very clear or interesting. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. They should all like fuck Foxface because she's sly. I think it, you know it. It it sticks out as a bit silly on its own. But if all of them were like, you know, like mobile game hero characters, that would sort of help. I think honestly. Yeah. Yes, please. Like, if everyone just had like a here is there. Here is their weapon. Here is their aesthetic. If they were like Street Fighter characters or something, right? It would it would go a long way to just be like, okay, this person's deal is this. This person's personality is this, and like it, they, they don't need to be like, you know, they, they they don't need to be like deep character studies, but they could stand to matter. I think um, a, a little bit of flavor would would go a long way with these characters, just to make them more more than like obstacles for Katniss to cut through, I guess. Do you think there should have been fewer, uh, I almost said contestants, uh, tributes? Yeah. If we, yeah, maybe. Or like, I mean, if we, tough, cause you need, you need two from each, right. But if it was mm -hmm. two from each from six districts, say, and then you have an ensemble cast of 12 characters, it's a little more manageable. Or if we had at least, like, because um, you know how we, like, there's a mention in this 
chapter of the top eight, right? And that's sort of being like where the real game starts, right? Of just like, here's all the people who are the sponsors are going to care about. All the narratives are being built of like the the, the final eight people, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. If if it had still been the full 24 or whatever it is, but we had gotten to know like everyone who was in Katniss's dorm building or something mm-hmm. would have been enough, maybe. Like we don't need to know every single one down to the down to the like barest details, but like knowing knowing an ensemble's worth of characters. So when at the end when when we get to the top eight, like six of them are characters we know pretty well, that would I think go a long way, right? Like I, I think that that might be that might be fun. Yeah, I mean, it's almost comical the way the book addresses this, where Katniss has to be like, "Rue, how many people are left again?" And then the <laughs> list is like, "Oh, you know, the boy from District Four, the girl from District Seven, um, yeah. and then like I think even in this one, Katniss was like." There's someone I'm forgetting. And then she saw Foxface and was like, oh, yeah, Foxface, which is so weird to have the most characterized one of the group be the one that Katniss forgets. Yeah, that I when when Katniss had that moment of like there was one more I was forgetting. I like, you know, I like triple highlighted that. Because, because like after last week, by the way, I uh, uh, called shot, called shot on the sunglasses thing. Yep, absolutely. Uh, but, but was that line not placed the exact same way that the that the sunglasses one was? Oh, absolutely. And and she was like, "Oh, there's one more I'm forgetting," and I was like, "Ooh, who have I forgotten? This will be good. You know, this is going to be good. This is going to be important." And then, and then, like a paragraph later, she's like, "Oh, it was Foxface. That was who I was. I was like, well, why is that there? What? what? It's weird, right? Also, that was very another odd. another case where I feel like um, I am more keyed into the premise of the battle royale than Katniss is. Where I'm like, girl, what do you mean you forgot one of them? Are you kidding? <laughs> it's a battle royale. How are you forgetting? Oh, right. I've got mm, how many people do I need to kill to live? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, she, her, she, (laughs) Katniss feels like she kind of forgot what deep shit she is in, maybe, uh, in this book. Sometimes in a way that's, like, sort of sad and charming, but other times I'm just like, how did you not think of that? Like, Yeah, I don't know, maybe that's what it's like, being in a battle royale, like, I don't know, maybe you just, like, (laughs) just kind of have to... Live one one moment at a time, right? <laughs> I guess we'll find out when I get to read writing about war. Finally, that's right. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. Her whole little adventure, which is like fun. Uh, there's a the the tone is a little. Like 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 Cato killing the nerd is, is just such a, a a like stock action movie thing at the, at the at the end of that. But like, there's this whole bit where she gets to the cornucopia, she sees the pyramid of supplies stacked up, and she like sits there and is like trying to solve it like a video game puzzle, and is like 
I, what if there's a red barrel in there that I can shoot? <laughs> <laughs> and then, like, what if I shoot a flaming arrow in there and set it on fire? And I'm just like, yeah, I, I, very weird, like, to, because the, the, the chapter where she's like, we're gonna, you know, Rue, we're, they have too much food and we're gonna take it from them or whatever. Or we're gonna, we're gonna stop that. It just really made me think that she had a real plan that I was excited to see unfold. But instead, she, like, went there. Rue had the real plan, which was the fake signal fires thing, which is very cool. I like mm-hmm, that. Mm-hmm. Um, but Katniss, like, got there and was like, fuck, okay, um, well, I hope there's a, I hope there's a, like... I hope there's a little pressure pad with an open eyeball on it that I can shoot with my bow and the eye will close and the door will... Like, just really thinking about it like it's a puzzle in That's a weird me way. playing New Zelda. I'm like, yeah. I get in and it's like, you have to stack the sticks to help the guy put the sign up. And I'm like, can there just be a little pad with an eyeball on it that I can shoot with my bow and arrow to let me through a door? She does solve it like a like a Far Cry or Breath of the Wild puzzle, though. She, her, her. So Foxface, first of all, speaking of this being like a silly movie, Foxface does the like Ocean's Twelve laser dance to get into the pyramid when she goes <laughs> to steal supplies. She like does a goofy little dance, and 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 Katniss realizes that's because there's like landmines scattered about, um, and. That's sort of fun, but, like, Foxface is, like, literally described as, like, pirouetting and, like, da- you know, dancing through the minefield and then and then flitting away. And then the way Katniss solves this is she notices that there's a burlap sack of apples that's, like, at the top of the pyramid that she shoots three times to make an opening wide enough that one of the apples rolls out and triggers. It's just, it's Far Cry shit. It's so weird. It's, like... couldn't have thrown a rock or anything it was a very elaborate a very elaborate puzzle i i really thought found that and very funny yeah yeah um i would be very worried about her ammo at this point using three arrows on that three arrows for that was a lot i'm not Um, saying that it's not worth like I agree yeah. with her reasoning, but i i would be I would be worried about it if I were her. I spending three like like if you look at it from a big picture like after the fact resource spend of like oh I used three arrows and blew up all of the career's food that's pretty good. In the moment where her plan like if I if 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 it was duos. And she was my duo's partner, and we were sitting there trying to figure out how we were going to solve this Breath of the Wild puzzle. Mm -hmm. And she was like, I'm going to shoot three arrows at that burlap sack to make an opening to let some apples roll out. I will be like, no. (laughs) (laughs) You should shoot guys with those, I think. How many people are left? You should have one arrow for all of them, is my opinion. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think she because she's got such a good shot at winning if she just shoots the guys with the arrows. (laughs) Yeah, the way her aim is described, you know, she's good enough to like to break the sack open. I'm, you know, I'm kind of curious. She didn't even really think about uh, 
I guess I w- the Kato stuff. I guess probably happened after Explode. She was she was, she was a little out of sorts at that point. Uh, w- wouldn't have been able to snipe Kato. But uh, like when when Foxface was there, I was just sort of like, take the shot. Like I don't know. Like <laughs> yeah, it's it's funny that we get so much like survival fiction stuff and very little time of Katniss like reckoning with the idea of like, okay, what if I start killing people? Yeah. That doesn't seem to have ever come up for her. Yeah. Especially, well, she's, she has mentioned a couple of times that now she has the bow, she's the hunter, but she hasn't really hunted anyone with the bow yet. Um, the the most she's done, and and I do think this counts as a kill. But she she uh, she dropped the tracker jackers on Glimmer and the other guy, which mm-hmm. like you know that's that's a kill that 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 counts. But she's not, um, you know, she's not like entering predator vision and sniping people with her bow yet, um, right? And and the, the not in a sense where I feel like she is apprehensive, you know, like if if. We, we get a lot of her, like, internal, personal, political agony in this set of chapters. A lot of that. And pretty much none of her angst has to do with uh, having to kill people. Yeah. Like, she's not going... Like, like if, her, if it would be one thing, I think, if she had, like, said at the beginning, like, I want to get out of this as clean as I can... And, and not kill people unless I, like, absolutely have to. Like, it would be naive, but it would make sense, I think, for her character mm-hmm. to, like, have a sort of, like, sense of of trying to get out of this with some nobility. Um, but she hasn't really thought about that. So, like, wa- her, her just, like, watching Foxface Girl, like, get away with it, like, like running into the open, crossing, crossing mid... While she has the op, I'm just like, why not? Why not? <laughs> you know, like, what What are you hesitating for? Right. Yeah, because like, what's the plan? I mean, I felt yeah. the same way about her teaming up with Rue. I was I'm sort of like, what is yes. the end game here? Yeah. Ru- yeah. That's the biggest thing, this chapter. And it's like kind of the most interesting and also the most disappointing i think both in how it sort of fizzles out and i think in how little the book plays around with like the very real dark drama of the, of the situation here mm-hmm. um like i i think reading these chapters my my number one thought was okay so either katniss is a sucker and Rue, she's going to wake up to Rue, like, trying to strangle her or something. Or Katniss is going to get really paranoid and do it first, right? Like, those are the two tragic ways this can go, right? Mm-hmm. Neither. Neither. They're just, they just kind of bond earnestly and trust each other. It, it's, I was very surprised by that, I think. Yeah, there's a part where um, Katniss and Rue, like, share the sleeping bag, and Katniss is like, Rue trusts me completely, or something, or, like, Rue immediately trusts me completely. And I'm like, oh, Katniss is falling for a trick. Yes, yes, 
Yeah. I'm, I'm, and, like, I think that Rue is certainly no less interesting a character for not being, like, two-faced. But at the same time, it's like, uh, if you're reading a battle royale where, like, the dark tragedy of it all is that it, this, this, this evil government is, like, making children fight each other for their entertainment, like, I... I expect some bad stuff to happen with the characters that we like. And Rue just is as innocent as she appears, which would be fine. But Katniss is also completely upstanding and, and like un, you know, unsuspicious in their relationship. And it's just like, I, there's a surprising lack of drama in a situation that is like engineered by an evil fascist government to create strife and drama. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it, it just, um, it, there, there, I just couldn't stop thinking about, their team up not making sense and feeling like Katniss wasn't very aware of their situation. I know she thinks about it a couple times. She like yeah. will mention it and then push it to the back of her mind. But but where what I feel about it is that this team up only benefits Rue and only harms Katniss for becoming sentimental about Rue. Yeah. And and I think that there would be an interesting way to spin that if the book uh through some of those challenges at these characters, but it doesn't really like I, uh, similar to like it broadly, like the, the thing we're talking about with like, uh, uh, Katniss's like unwillingness to like go for kills. Right. I, I understand and appreciate the idea of a character who doesn't quite accept uh, the situation they're in and is maybe trying to hold on to like some of their humanity or or what they feel is like sportsmanship or whatever, like however naive it may be. I understand that as a character trait, but like that impulse needs to be challenged, I think, just narratively to make it interesting. Um, even if it is, you know, if, if we recognize it as like, of co- well, of course, that would be the right thing to do. That would be the right way to behave. That would be the most moral way to behave. But like, the story here is a bunch of people uh, being taunted by their overlords to to like do away with morality and to like fuck with them and to force them to uh, abandon uh, their scruples. And Katniss not worrying about Rue doing that to her, Rue being just as uh uh honest as she appears Katniss never having second like even even if it was just as simple as like Katniss hoping darkly that someone else would kill Rue mm-hmm. so she doesn't have to right you, like intrusive thoughts would be enough i think to make this work better um her being worried that Rue was going to betray her and it never happening and her realizing that, like, no, I'm going to have to kill her would be enough 
you know, to, to, to like to create some some angst and some drama here. But like it just it 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 just sort of exists barely in the periphery. She goes like, eh, well, I'll like I will I'm not going to think too hard about what the future holds for us. And that's kind of it. And then she's let off the hook because a random guy does it anyway. It, it's just a, a shame, I think. Yeah, it makes what is like sort of a tearjerker moment into a like the reader experience being like, oh, well, that was lucky. Yeah, which is a really uh, it makes Rue feel like less of a rounded character. I think Rue Rue feels so much like a sacrificial lamb with very little agency because of all this. I feel mm-hmm. um, she just like. I know I know that this isn't really fridging. Fridging has like other connotations, right? But like this feels kind of similar. It's just, oh, this this perfect, innocent, uh, uh helpful child, uh uh, you know, loyal to the end, uh, a true friend of Katniss, uh uh, you know, dies symbolically. And it makes Katniss really mad and makes her realize that politics are real and that she's going to win for her, even though that that would have involved killing her if she had not died then. Right. Like just Mm -hmm. mm, it's 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 just it's getting out of having to answer tough questions about these characters. Yeah, definitely. Um, I mean, like Rue is great. I do really enjoy these moments of them teaming up. Um, uh, uh, it, like the, the, the dynamic they have is quite fun. Katniss is very like, like cool, older cousin vibe here. Right. The mm-hmm. way she talks to Rue and sort of like, like tells her stuff and, and teaches her stuff and, and uh, uh, exp- like the way she sort of like hypes up, the plan and whatnot like like there's some really really fun sweet stuff there but it's just like it's it's just that right there's the the for as as tragic as it is it's about a tenth as tragic as it could and probably should have been maybe Mm -hmm. if if rue had been a bit more i mean or katniss if either katniss or rue but i think mostly rue had been a more uh whole character who understood the situation they were in or 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 were afraid of the situation they were in right yeah yeah i mean i think that even if rue had tried to tried to like negotiate how they were both gonna get out of this or was like a little Mm. bit naive in like a sad way would have worked too oh man what if they had like talked about it and Rue was like, do you think they ever changed the rules? Do you think they changed the rules? <laughs> oh, brutal. Do you think, do you know, do you think, do you think maybe, because we're such a good team, what if, what if like they made it so we could both win? And Katniss would just be like, yeah. Maybe. <laughs> maybe. And then Rue dies and then that happens. What if that, they're, they're so, oh, th- this has, ouch. This, <laughs> yeah, you've got to make it hurt. The story's got to hurt. That's the whole point, right? Like, uh, it's, mm-hmm. yeah, it's a, it's a bummer. Instead, we get, I, I, I guess we've got to see how the book, like, 
finishes. We can't say definitively that this is all we're going to get, but I was not loving the imagery with Rue's District 11 stories. Yeah, yeah. It's District 11, it's the agriculture district, and they work in the orchards, and Rue talks about how they're singing while they're working all the time, and that there was a boy who was whipped to death for stealing food, and then Katniss is like, wow, I don't even think, I don't think the cops would whip someone to death in my, like, so on the nose, so obvious. It is talking about race, it is talking about America. I get why. I like I get that's what this story is, but they never ever say it, and it's just I don't think it's enough. I I so far I just don't think it up. It is so frustrating for it to show very very loaded specific imagery for this character for this district as well, and to just have Katniss go, "Damn, wouldn't happen in my district. That's crazy," and then just right. kind of move on like oh excruciating yeah yeah i'm putting a little bit of it in a wait and see category yeah yeah we'll see maybe it'll become explicit maybe maybe the maybe we will learn that in fact yes the district the district system is explicitly racist and the capital is racist but like it's so weird to just put that imagery out there and not deal with it like just just it's 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 a little 60s Star Trek episode for me. Yeah, yeah. We're not done with the book, so maybe maybe it will pull out of this tailspin. But given that Thresh's introduction wasn't exactly encouraging, I don't know. Right. It, it, it feels like it thinks it's cleverer than it is actually being. Yeah. Well, and Ruth's story is just over. Yeah, all that to end with her just dying for Katniss's character development. Mm-hmm. What what do you make of Katniss coming across Rue's killer and like killing this random guy and then having just like a fully clear headed political uh, awakening ready to go? Uh, I think it's goofy. I I mean the thing that got me is that she was like, I guess Gail's rants aren't to be ignored. And I never got the impression that she was ignoring them. I I got the impression that she agreed but felt helpless. Mm-hmm. But the, the way it sort of frames it is her like realizing he was right. And I was like, I thought you always knew he was right. Yeah, a lot of the Cole School stuff seemed to be her kind of snidely going like, well, we all know what this is really about, right? Like Gail, Gail has always said this very salient thing about the capital seeking to divide us along class lines right and it's like mm-hmm. yeah i never got the sense that she thought that was like bullshit or anything or that like gail was a uh, you know an idealist just that like she was agreeing with him and also a bit cynical because her life sucks right mm-hmm. and yeah it, it's very convenient for her to to just have this now and 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 call and also very funny that she's thinking about Peta's words as well when he has utterly failed as far as we know to uphold his his mantra of not becoming a piece in the Hunger Games. I am hoping maybe this is very cynical of me, but I'm hoping that Katniss in um 
in her estimation of PETA's kind of whole thing is like being naive because I think that her like little rebellion and not being a piece in the capitals games or whatever is so it like reads as naive to me. Yeah. If that makes sense. And I don't know if it's supposed to. I I agree. I, I, I took it. I think that that was a scene that I thought was like that when I was reading those chapters, that scene on the roof, I took as um, a little, I mean, in a different way, but but like a different kind of scene, but similar to Cato killing the nerd for failing him, a little stock, right? Char- character says, I want to die with my feet on the ground mm-hmm. to motivate themselves before the big, you know, the big fight against the oppressive regime. Million, billion stories out there. That, that, that's just a moment that you hit in all of these. I didn't really think that much of it. And what made it work for me was then going to the... Um, the interviews and the bit where he schmoozes the crowd with his whole, you know, the girl I have a crush on, the, the girl reading this, right? Like, like that, <laughs> that moment. Yeah. Um, and then getting into the tram with Hamish and Katniss and being like, what's, what's the bit, what's the matter, toots? You know, like he, he just, he just, like he said, like, I am not going to be a piece. And then, 24 hours later is just playing the game, right? Mm-hmm. Like, and I thought that that was the point of that scene was that he, he sort of had this empty platitude that was, that took less than a day's work to hammer out of him. And so seeing it come back now as like genuinely inspiring, I was a little surprised by she I think she specifically says like it's time to like shame the capital or something like that and I just want her to be wrong about that like I think it's fine that she feels that way but I I don't think that shames them I think it gives them what they want it gives them yeah it, it gives them the drama they're there to create drama it's all about control it's all about making these people suffer it's it's uh, yeah i i hope what i hope is the, the the like my optimistic view of this i i want to see her character get stripped down layer by layer until she finally gets it type thing right where like mm-hmm. you know this is the midpoint like uh, i want i want to make the capital feel shame eventually she'll realize that they have no shame and that's why they're they're in the situation that they're in right but like I, I I accept that as like a stepping stone. Like you want to get the character to get there gradually. But I think that this whole scene and the clarity with which she recalls Gail's political convictions and the the sheer melodrama of the flower funeral and thanking the cameras for the for the bread and thinking to herself like i'm gonna take the fight to the capital and i'm going to make them feel shit like it that feels that feels like the moment right this doesn't feel like her being a little bit more right but mostly wrong it feels like okay no she is like clear-eyed ready to go now and i'm a little i'm a little worried about that because it's a it's it's too clean it's too neat she's she's gotten out of this without doing anything dirty really the the worst you can say about her is that she has dropped bees on people which 
they were trying to shoot her with a bow uh, and throwing axes and like gang up on her. So fair game, you know, like she has not had to make a a tough choice yet. Mm -hmm. I hope she's wrong. I really hope she's wrong about something here. Right. Like, yeah. I mean, if she's right and this does shame the Capitol in some way, I, I just don't buy it. Like, I, th- I think it's chickening out of its own premise, totally. right? Mm-hmm. I mean, this is yeah. like, what could be better for the highlight reel than a, like, flower funeral for the dead child? Like, that's, yeah. what, that's what we're fucking here for. It's the Hunger Games. Like, <laughs> yeah, that, that's what we're, wa- we're watching children kill each other. There's yeah. no shame. There's There's no shame. This is exactly exactly what the people want that is turn it is it is about control it is about creating a narrative for these people that they can't escape uh and and gail said that said as much really uh, uh that you know pointing out the way that uh the capital divides people along along class lines right and and uh, and turns them against each other and and like so if she was having a political revelation about what gail had to say i wish it i, I think that my, my hope is is that she is is saying the words but not understanding the meaning right and that we'll get another scene down the road of her actually understanding what gail was saying but maybe not you know i'm I, right I, this this feels like she's in final character mode, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, we'll see. Maybe. Yeah, we'll see. I I hope I hope that there's a lot more to come. I hope I hope that she I more than anything I hope she has to get her hands dirty. That's like the whole thing that that's been frustrating me is just how convenient it is that she has been <laughs> let off the hook for basically every <laughs> every potentially. <laughs> like icky decision she might have to make um (laughs) there's that part with kato um i I don't even remember when it is and she i think it's maybe after she blows up the supplies or like she does something cool and she thinks in her head like let the 74th hunger games begin (laughs) kato and i'm like you don't get you don't get to do one-liners you haven't done anything yet i love that i love that she has a one-liner to herself in her head where she remembers exactly which hunger games it is she's (laughs) she is lost in the sauce she is (laughs) she can win she can win she can win i want her to win i want her to i like like the 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 morality play aside i I'm rooting for the protagonist here. I want to see her fight the fight the guys and win. And I want her to, you know, I want her to stand in some smoldering wreckage with bodies all around her. I want the cool, I want the cool action movie thing of like one streak of blood going across the eye or something, right? Yeah, hell yeah. I you know, you, you know, like like very very badass bloodied face and I want her to like stare off into the middle middle distance and go, you know, I won, but at what, you know, but at what cost or something, <laughs> right? Or like, but what did it take? I just, I, I need, I need that. If we're, if we're doing stock, stock action movie shit, give me the good stuff. Give me, give me Katniss defeating her enemies and the Pyrrhic victory and, 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 you know, standing on a pile of rubble and being like, oh, I, I won, but, 
but what does it mean? You know, yeah, I, that that's what I'm here for at this point. Yeah, no fucking duos. <laughs> no duos. No duos and no shaming the capital. <laughs> You're here to win. You're here to win now. The capital won. The capital won 75 years ago or whatever. <laughs> However many Hunger Games ago it was, right? Like, like, like this is... This, I think, succeeds the, 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 the best when it is descriptive, not prescriptive, right? Mm-hmm. Um, um, I think that it, it's, so far, it's, its prescriptiveness has been corny, I think, at best. Um, so, I don't know. I, I you know, I'm, I'm curious where it goes, but... But my main my main thought right now is I want her to win. I hope she wins. Yep. And I hope she kills Pita and and, and gets a solo victory. That's right. Um, anything else to discuss in this chapter? Any other details? I don't think so. All right. Well, do you think we have time for a little third segment or should we move it along? No, I think we have time. All right. The third segment game. You are what is it, are you one and three or two and three right now? Speaking of KDA, mm. I think you're one and three. I think I'm one and two. I think we've done one and three two. of them. Yeah. Oh yes, yes, yes. Um, this one I have a theme for these. These are not just uh, dystopian YA novels. These are dystopian YA novel retellings of other stories. Oh. Uh, no, no real reason for that, other than that I found a bunch that were retellings, and I thought it was funny. <laughs> so, <laughs> are you ready for your first YA summary here? I am. Okay. This one is Golden Ticket by Sharon Bear, which is a dystopian YA retelling of Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. <laughs> you work or you die. That's the mantra the citizens of this city live by. It sounds simple, obvious even, but as the crowds spilling out into the wet streets and dark alleys of Londinium will tell you, jobs are hard to come by. So when the biggest ration factory in town announces that it's hiring, the city descends into complete pandemonium. In a town this crowded, you don't just fill out a job application, you are recruited. Charlie is lucky. Through a stroke of luck, she has been chosen to report for a tour of the factory floor, but she's not the only one. Her and a dozen other citizens have been brought together for the evaluation. Charlie's family is relying on her. Can she prove to the manager that she has what it takes to toil on the factory floor, or will the next gap on her resume be permanent? No way. No way. No way? I don't don't believe that (laughs) for a second. Well... Well, here here are two more. Okay. Cursed by Thomas Wheeler, which is a uh, dystopian retelling of uh, King Arthur. Whosoever wields the sword of power shall be the one true king. But what if the sword had chosen a queen? Nimu grew up as an outcast. Her connection to dark magic made her something to be feared in her druid village, and that made her desperate to leave. That is, until her entire village is slaughtered by red paladins, and Nimu's fate is forever altered. Charged by her dying mother to reunite an ancient sword with a legendary sorcerer, Nimu is now her people's only hope. Her mission leaves little room for revenge, but the growing power within her can think of little else. 
Nimu teams up with a charming mercenary named Arthur and refugee Fae Folk from across England. She wields a sword meant for the one true king, battling paladins in the armies of a corrupt king. She struggles to unite her people, avenge her family, and discover the truth about her destiny. But perhaps the one thing that can change destiny itself is found at the edge of a blade. Wow. I feel like there are a million of those. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but is it a real one? But is it a real one? That's the question. And finally, uh, this is a dystopian retelling of Romeo and Juliet called Mystic City by Theo Lawrence. For fans of Matched, The Hunger Games, X-Men, and Blade Runner comes a tale of a magical city divided, a political rebellion ignited, and a love that was meant to last forever. Book one of the Mystic City Chronicles. Arya Rose, youngest scion to one of Mystic City's two ruling rival families, finds herself betrothed to Thomas Foster, the son of her parents' sworn enemies. The union of the two will end the generation's long political feud and unite all those living in the Ares, the privileged upper reaches of the city, against the banished mystics who dwell below in the depths. But Arya doesn't remember falling in love with Thomas. In fact, she wakes up one day with huge gaps in her memory, and she can't conceive why her parents would have agreed to unite with the Fosters in the first place. Only when Arya meets Hunter, a gorgeous rebel mystic from the depths, depths does she start to have glimmers of recollection and to understand that he holds the key to unlocking her past the choices she makes can doom or save the city including herself <laughs> okay so here's where i'm at <laughs> two and three there are a million of those yeah they both sound plausible i can't you can't get me with charlie and the chocolate factory absolutely <laughs> not Oh, I knew it was too much. I knew it was too much. You are correct. Golden ticket is fake. I loved hearing it though. Honestly, like that that um I think that's got some promise. <laughs> I was too proud of the line. Will the next gap on her resume be permanent? <laughs> <laughs> it was a joy to hear. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm glad that I'm glad that that was that was at least fun to hear. I thought my hope was that the one saying for fans of Matched would be like sound too fake that it's listing like oh yeah it's for fans of like Hunger Games, Blade Runner, X Men, and Matched that one we were talking about a few weeks ago. That was my one hope. Yeah, that, that definitely stuck out to me. I was like, mm, <laughs> I don't know about that, but. Can't get yeah, me. no, no. Charlie and the Chocolate Factory does not, as far as I know, have a dystopian YA retelling yet. But maybe I should write it because that was, you know, that came pretty naturally. So, yeah, yeah. Just uh, make it steampunk or something. Yeah. Oh, I should. Yeah, I should have put more like gears and shit in it or something. Yeah. Shall we take it to the close? Yeah. All right, our theme song is Hot McGonagall by Cheshire Moon. Huge thanks to them, as always, for letting us use that as our theme song. You can find them on Bandcamp, and you can find us at patreon.com slash shriekcast, where you can get early episodes and bonus content for the low, low price of $3 a month. And Liz, what will we be reading next time? Oh, good question. We'll probably yeah. be reading um, chapters uh, 19 and 20. Um and I guess we'll post if we read more than that. That seems, yeah, that seems seems wise. Well, 
until then, let let the seventy fifth Hunger Games begin, Kato. Happy Hunger Games. Cause this hot mama is just a cat in disguise.